following audio is from Downtown Church, a kingdom-focused, gospel-centered, multi-ethnic, multi-class ministry in Memphis, Tennessee. For more information, please visit downtownchurch.com. A reading from the Gospel of John, chapter 8, verses 31 to 41. So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed him, If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. They answered him, We are offspring of Abraham and have never been enslaved to anyone. How is it that you say you will become free? Jesus answered them, Truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin. The slave does not remain in the house forever. The son remains forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. I know that you are offspring of Abraham. Yet you seek to kill me because my word finds no place in you. I speak of what I have seen with my father, and you do what you have heard from your father. They answered him, Abraham is our father. Jesus said to them, if you were Abraham's children, you would be doing the works Abraham did. But now you seek to kill me, a man who has told you the truth that I heard from God. This is not what Abraham did, for you are doing the works your father did. They said to him, we were not born of sexual immorality. We have one father, even God. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks, Howard. Let's pray. Dear Lord, we just truly thank you for your word. We thank you for what has been said and prayed and sung so far, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that we are not slaves to sin, slaves or fear, but we can boldly say we are your children. So, Lord, I pray right now, Lord, that you bless the preaching of your word. I pray, Lord, that you remove all distractions. I pray, Lord, that your truth is heard, that your truth is received. I pray, Lord, that we not just be hearers of your word, but we be doers of your word. Lord, bless me now as I preach your word. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I'm in your, in your bulletins. It says the title is Free Indeed, but last night I had a little um, motivation, and I wanted to change the sermon title to Free at Last, Free at Last. So the beginning of every sporting event begins the exact same way, no matter what level of play. Regardless of the sport being played, every sporting event begins with the singing of the national anthem. I ain't gonna sing for y'all, but it, it begins with, oh, say, can you see? And everyone stands there quietly and respectfully listens, but it never fails towards the end of the song when the singer begins to line the land of the free, the crowd begins to erupt and cheer. And what is being celebrated is the fact that America won its freedom and still today is a free country. And even though the song goes on to highlight the home of the brave, what is celebrated in this song and in society is freedom. We celebrate freedom, rightfully so. And I believe that many of us would define freedom as being free from anything or anyone that hinders our ambitions or desires. 
See, freedom gives us as individuals the power to do and be anything that we set our minds to. So we fight against anything and anyone who tries to oppose our ability to choose for ourselves. Like when the pandemic first began and everything shut down and the specialist said to keep your loved ones and yourself safe, wear a mask. No one had a problem with that. But when the government and the CDC made it mandatory for everyone to, to wear a mask, many people started to rise up because they began to feel like their freedom was at risk. And this mindset is, is how some of us view God and his word. It's the mindset that thinking that God is like the government trying to exert his real over us and rob us of the joy of our freedom. Some of us think God is just an overbearing parent trying to place a curfew over us, trying to make us stop eating sugary snacks, and God is not allowing us to have fun and go over our friend house. God just keeps giving us all of these rules, these laws, and these commandments, and he's trying to rob us of the ability to live and experience freedom, the life that we all are looking for. So instead of submitting and trusting in God's truth, we began to create our own path declaring that our way and our truth is better. And we see this clearly in the life of Samson, the strongest man who has ever lived. God called him to be a Nazarite, which means he was never to cut his hair, drink wine, or eat or touch anything clean or dead. And God set Samson apart as a Nazarite so he could be this great deliverer and protector and leader of Israel. But Samson said, you know what, instead of living according to your truth, God, I want to live according to my truth. God told Samson that he was not to marry a Philistine woman, but one day he was walking down the street and saw a Philistine woman looking good, and he said, I got to have her. So he married her, saying, God, I know what you say. But this is what I say. He was walking down the street hungry one day and said he was hungry, so he saw some honey and the carcass of a dead lion, and he picked it up, touching something dead and unclean, again saying, God, I know what you say, but this is what I say. And you know the story at the end of his life, he revealed he, the secret to his strength, and his hair was cut, and ironically, he believed that the path that he chose was the path towards freedom, but it was actually the path towards literal slavery. The strongest man who ever lived ended his life as a slave in chains because he rejected God's word as truth and decided to live according to his own truth. Now, Simpson's life should serve as a warning to us all. Because some of us here may think that we are on the verge of obtaining freedom as we depart from God's word and go our own way. But in reality, when we reject God's word as truth, we are about to enter the greatest bondage that we have ever known. I want us to know this morning that the path to freedom lies in obeying God's word. And, and this is my main idea this morning, that Jesus shows us in these verses that freedom is found when we hold on to and surrender. Jesus shows us that 
that freedom is found when we hold on to and surrender to his word as truth. But before I talk about freedom, I want us to first talk about truth. What is truth? And this leads me to my first takeaway this morning, which is God, not us, determines and defines what truth is. God, not me and you, determines and defines what truth is. Look again at verse 31 with me. It says, Jesus said to the Jews who had believed in him, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. They answered him, we are offspring of Abraham and have never been enslaved to anyone. How is it that you will, how is it that you say you will become free? I want us to see that Jesus sets the table by declaring that his word is truth. He says that if you abide in me, if you abide and follow my word, you will know the truth, and the truth will what? Set you free. Jesus makes this bold declaration that the path to true freedom in life is found by obeying him. But these Jewish men who once believed in him, they get offended. And they say, hold on, hold on, hold on. Do you know who you're talking to? Do you know who we are? We are the children of Abraham. Abraham is the great father of this great nation, and we have never been slaves to anyone. So how can you come in here and say, you're going to set us free? If you spend any time in Sunday school and, and know anything about your Bible, you know that what they are saying is laughable. They're saying they have never been slaves. When a, when the majority of the Old Testament is about them being in slavery. Exodus, we see Israel was enslaved in Egypt for over 400 years, and they cried out to God to set us free. They were slaves to Babylon for 70 years. They were oppressed by the Philistines. Assyria held them as slaves. And even now, as they are speaking these words, they are forced to pay an extra tax to the Roman Empire. They are slaves to Caesar. But this is their reality. They have created a new truth for themselves. I want us to see that what they are doing is taking it upon themselves to redefine truth to be what it is they want it to be. They say, I know what history say, but we gonna make it say this. Just like in, in, in the first grade, I grew up learning something about Christopher Columbus that today I found out they redefined the truth. And this is not a foreign concept to our world today because we live in a relativistic society that has tried to eliminate an absolute standard of truth. Um, this week as I was scrolling down my my, my Instagram page, I came across this page called Live Out Your Truth. And this page was created to encourage those who felt oppressed by society norms to feel empowered to live free to be themselves. It spoke to people who, who felt like their parents were trying to force them to be a doctor, but they wanted to be an artist. And, they, um, and, and this page is saying, live out your truth. Don't live according to what people want you to be, but be who you are, are created to be. 
And I kept on scrolling and kept on reading about this page, and the page began to continue to say that living out your truth means that you are free to do anything that you feel or desire. That whatever you feel is right is right, and whatever someone else feels is right for them. And what this page is, is pretty much saying that you can define what your truth will be in your life, and I can define what my truth will be in my life. And instead of admitting when we are wrong, you can just go and find someone else who affirms what you want to be truth. Isn't that what we do? We go and search for a podcast who validates what we think is truth. We go and search for a new voice to validate what we want to feel instead of submitting to the truth of God's word. Uh, me and my wife, Jade, uh, we have a maybe um, a not so healthy way of trying to prove our point to each other. Um, if she says the couch should face this way, and I say, no, the couch should face this way, what we do, we simultaneously Google which way should the couch face. And I will scroll and scroll and scroll and ignore all of the articles that say the couch should face this way until I find the article that proves my point. And I make sure I send her that article, ignoring the previous hundred articles that had already proven her point. And she does the same thing to me, so she's not off the hook. She's not off the hook. And Instead of submitting to the truth, we tend to search for voices that validate our own truth. And I want us to see that God sets the standard of truth. We don't have the ability to write in our own selves to redefine what truth is because Jesus tells us in, in himself that he is truth. And in a couple chapters later, Pilate asked Jesus, what is truth? And Jesus said in John 14, I am truth. And seeing that God is the one who created man, seeing that he is the great designer of the universe and that he so graciously gave, has given us an instructional manual to life, don't you think that you and I should align ourselves with God's word instead of trying to make God's word align with what we want? See, when we come to the Bible we are not to stand over the Bible picking and choosing what we want to be true, trying to change the um, truth, the scripture. No, we come to the Bible and let the Bible reign over us. And we say, God, your word is truth. Even though I believe this, even though I feel this, even though I want to live like this, you tell me what to do. You tell me what truth is, and I am going to submit and surrender to you. And that's the hard truth this morning that many of us don't want to hear, but also the hard truth this morning is that re rejecting the truth of God is choosing a life of slavery. And that's our second takeaway this morning, that rejecting God's word as truth is accepting a life of slavery. Look again at verse 34. Jesus says, truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin. The slave does not remain in the house forever. The son remains forever. A slave to sin. 
everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin. And let me do my best to make this um, verse plain. All Christians sin. Maybe that's breaking news to you, but all Christians sin. 1 John chapter 1 tells us that if you say you do not sin, you are in darkness and the truth is not in you. Christians are jacked up and screwed up people who have placed their faith in Christ and are saved and made right with God only by the works of Jesus. And even after placing your faith in Jesus and turning away from living an intentional lifestyle of sin, Christians sometimes still sin. But I want us to know that there is a huge difference between a Christian who sins and a person who is practicing sin. See, the Greek word here, I'm about to let y'all know on the little Greek I did my homework. The Greek word here for practices is in the, is in the active participle form. And I know some of y'all failed English, so I'm going to teach you what a participle is. A participle is a verb that is in the ongoing action um, state. So Christians are people who practice sin, past tense, and, and versus the person who is living an ongoing, practicing an ongoing sinful life. And Jesus says that this person who is practicing sin who has turned away from my word, you are a slave to sin. And I want us to know that slaves don't have any freedom. Slaves work their whole life and don't get paid at the end of the day. Slaves don't have an inheritance, but they are slaves to sin. And sin is the worst master to hell because sin makes all of these promises but only gives you problems. Sin promises everything but leaves you with nothing and Jesus in his love and compassion is saying please do not reject me because when you do you are finding yourself in the worst kind of bondage and pastor Leon Morris wrote he said people do not always usually realize that they are in bondage they tend to rest in some fancy place of privilege or power and what he's saying is that people, because they have money, a nice car, and can send their kids to certain schools, that they are not, that they think they are free, not realizing they are actually enslaved. Um, during the pandemic, I became very interested in learning my, my family's some history. The Thornton's, I never met my biological grandfather, so my last name, just, just that lineage, was just, was just always this blank space to me. So during the pandemic, I took um, full advantage of Ancestry.com um, two-week free trial to, um, to look up my family um, legacy. And to my surprise, I was able to trace my, my, my ancestors all the way back to the early 1800s. And I found out that my great-great-grandfather name is Anthony Thorne. And on the National 1860 um, census, he was listed as a slave. And when I saw this, I just began to think so many things. What was his life like? I began to think, what was his personality like? Did he make as many jokes as, 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 as I do? I remember thinking, did he, like, what did he have to endure for me to be here today? And I thought, was he a believer? 
I don't know nothing about Anthony Thorne. I don't know nothing about his faith. But I do know that even though that these African slaves were uneducated, they were not allowed to read or write, but even through, through all of that, they have some of the richest theology that we need to learn from today. They were singing these songs called spirituals, which were an outward expression and declaration of their faith. And one song that they sung was going to shout all over God's heaven. And one verse in this song says, I got shoes, you got shoes. All of God's children got shoes. I'm going to get to heaven and put on my shoes and walk all over heaven. But everybody talking about heaven ain't going there. So as this slave woman was sweeping around the house, she was singing this song, I got shoes, you got shoes. And this is much more than just a catchy tune to sing the past time. But what she was really saying is that even though my physical body, I might be chained and I might be forced to serve an earthly master, I've actually been set free because Jesus Christ, my true master, my heavenly master, has set my soul free. And one day when this life is over, I'm going to sing and shout and put on my new shoes and walk all over heaven then. But everybody talking about heaven ain't going there. And there was a secret code to the slave owner saying that, yes, I, you may be, you, you may think you're free. You may think you have control over your life. You may think you have power over your soul and mind, but the truth is, you are in bondage. And this is the deception of sin. Sin gives you a little more power, a little more money, a little more um, pleasure, a little more status. And then sin tricks you into thinking that a life without God is a life of freedom. But those old African slaves knew the truth, that a life without Jesus isn't a life worth living at all. And this leads me to my last and final takeaway this morning which is submitting to God and abiding in his word actually frees you to live the life that you yearn for. The life that you are searching for comes through first submitting to God. Look again at verse 34. Jesus says, everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin. The slave does not remain in the house forever. The son remains forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. The slave not remaining in the house forever speaks to the brief moment of life that we choose when we sin. In comparison to the son or the children of God who remains in God's house forever. And sometimes it's kind of hard to really understand what Jesus is saying, but when you really look at it, Jesus was not a pushover. Jesus was going toe-to-toe -to -toe with these people because he said, a slave does not remain in the house forever, but the son remains forever. So if the uppercase son being Jesus sets you free, you will be free. And this is a play on words, because if you remember, these, these Jews, they are placing their identity in being sons of Abraham. They are placing their righteousness in being sons of Abraham versus sons of God. So when Jesus is saying you are, um, so, so, so what Jesus is saying that you think you are sons of Abraham, but in reality, you are only slaves to sin. But I'm the true son of God, and I'm the one who has the full power and authority to set you free. 
And I don't know who, who need to hear this this morning, but the good news this morning is that Jesus is the spring of water in John chapter 4 who can satisfy your soul. That Jesus is the bread of life in John chapter 6 who takes away your hunger and, and quenches your thirst. Jesus is the light of the world in John chapter 8 who can deliver you from the darkness that plagues your life. And Jesus is the Son of God who can and will set you free. And Jesus frees you to experience the peace that you are searching for. Jesus sets you free from that guilt and shame of your past and sets you free to live a life that honors and glorifies him. See, Samson thought that what he really needed was the ability to act on every feeling and thought and desire that he had. He thought that was freedom, but that was actually slavery. But when you and I submit to Jesus as our Lord, as our master, and we commit ourselves to live according to his truth, do we find true life? Um, as I close, I want to draw our attention to verse 37. Jesus says to these men, you seek to kill me because my words find no place in you. You reject me. You're even trying to kill me because my word finds no place in you. And this is the danger even for believers today because we live in a world where we literally hear 700 voices a day. Our minds are, are filled with the voices of our favorite podcasts, our favorite news station, our favorite TV stars, our favorite politicians, our favorite sports commentators, and our favorite social media influencers, all filling our minds with their voices, saying, live like this, do this, don't do that. But my question to you is, whose voice are you getting more of? Are you getting more of Jesus' voice or are you getting more of the world? And I think a practical application is, is for us all to think about and examine our lives and our habits to see whose voice are we hearing mostly. And maybe we do need to change some of our habits that cause us to stumble. If you find yourself scrolling down Instagram for hours and then you leave feeling discontent with your life and even depressed because you are comparing your life to others, maybe you need to cut it off. If you find yourself every time you go into the break room at work in another gossiping conversation, maybe you need to take a different lunch break or change the conversation. If you find yourself so busy with life that you can never take time to pray and sit with God and open up his word to hear from him, maybe you really do need to reexamine what is important in your life. Because Jesus teaches us that it's only when we abide in him, sit with him, read his word, meditate on his word, do we actually are able to stare at the face of Jesus and experience true freedom. And maybe you read this verse and you, and you think, how can Jesus set me free? Jesus, if you was going to set me free, why am I still struggling with the same sin? Jesus, if you was going to set me free, why haven't you answered my prayers yet? Why am I still living in this jacked up family? 
Why haven't you given me a more peaceful job? Jesus, if you was going to set me free, why, where are you? Why do we continue to see all of the hate and the evil in this world and in our city? Jesus, how can you set us free? And we find ourselves asking the same question that these men ask Jesus. How can you set us free? What I want to tell you before I sit down, that Jesus is the King of Kings. And he is the Lord of Lords. And Jesus, God's only son, the creator of the universe, became a slave of men. And Jesus, the holy exalted one, exalted him, uh, allowed himself to be tied up and chained up. Jesus, the one true God, allowed a crown of thorns to be driven into his skull. He allowed himself to be stripped naked and beaten, bruised and mocked. He allowed a plank of wood to be placed on his back, and he allowed them to drive him up that hill called Calvary. He allowed them to, to drive two nails in both his hands and one nail in his feet. Jesus allowed them to pierce him in his side. And Jesus allowed them to raise him up high so all who look at Jesus can find life and experience everlasting life in him. And that's the good news this morning. And I want us to know that when, you, that when we place our faith in Jesus, no matter what we go through, we have the hope that we will one day take off these earthly bodies and one day put on our heavenly bodies. That if you have placed your faith in Jesus, you have the hope that no matter what shoes you got on, some Nikes, some cohorts, no matter what type of shoes you got on, one day you're going to take off them earthly shoes and you're going to put on them heavenly shoes. And we can sing that old spiritual, I got my shoes, you got your shoes. All of God's children got shoes, and we're going to see Jesus face to face walking around streets paved with gold in our new shoes. This is the hope for every believer. This is why we submit to God's word as truth. This is why we choose to follow Jesus, because he is the exalted one. He is the one who is from everlasting to everlasting. He is the one who will, who will bring us into our new home. And I'm supposed to be done with my sermon, but I don't feel like sitting down because Jesus is just so good. I don't, I don't got time to tell you who, who, who Jesus has been to me. He is the one who has turned my life around. He is the one who has kept me and my family. He is the one who has brought me here today. And even this morning, as I was thinking about my ordination service being this evening, I couldn't help but think about my dad. My dad passed when I was seven. He was an ordained minister. And I couldn't help but think, man, how proud my dad is. But then I thought about who Jesus says free is free indeed. And one day I'm going to put on my heavenly shoes and I'm going to see my dad again. And we're going to walk around heaven together. This is the hope for every believer. Jesus sets us free from death. He sets us free from depression. He sets us free from sin. He sets us free from hate. He sets us free from heartache. He sets us free to live in his presence for eternity. And if you abide in his word, you will too be able to sing that old spiritual, free at last, free at last. Thank God Almighty, I'm free at last. Let's pray. Dear Lord, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your faithfulness. Lord, sometimes it is so hard to submit to you. Some, sometimes, Lord, it is easier to choose our own path and just ignore you. But God, I pray, Lord, that you move 
through us right now. Give us a heart, a spirit, a mind to commit our, our um, way to you, to following you, to choosing you, to loving you. Lord, I pray, Lord, that you begin to destroy the idols in our lives. I pray, Lord, that you begin to take away the things that rob us of, of, of truly seeing you. I pray, Lord, that you block out the, the lies of the enemy, the lies of the world, and, Lord, that we can just sit in your presence with your word and trust and believe you. I pray this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Go in peace, friends.